0: by sports interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello Winnipeg Jets fans. My name is Brady and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. Uh on a night where the Winnipeg Jets lose 3-1 to the Calgary Flames. I am joined here by my fantastic co-host, Alyssa. Alyssa, how are you doing today? How you, how you, how you feeling after this uh this loss, this you know, this Game 7 playoff game? where the Jets end up losing.
1: Well, listen, I, so as, if you're a regular on the show, you can tell I'm not in my regular space. I'm currently in a hotel because I live outside of the city. Had too much work to do this week that I was like, I can't be at home. So my family's like, well, go to the city. It'll be fun. We'll get a hotel Wednesday. Watch the Jets game together, order some pizza and have fun. It's going to be a super awesome game. Um, It was a fun game, but at a time like this, damn it, you need to win. So that's how I'm feeling is. Kate, okay, there's some good stuff that we're definitely going to talk about, but man, oh man, it would have been nice to win that.
0: Yeah, definitely a frustrating result. Uh, you know, when you're playing the team that's chasing you to the playoffs for that last wildcard spot, and uh, you have the opportunity to stomp out the flames. That was actually not on purpose, uh, that pun, I guess, but you have the opp- the opportunity to stomp out the flames, and the Jets uh, just can't get it done, unfortunately. And obviously, a, a night where... Jacob Markstrom did play very well. We'll talk about his play. We'll talk about everything else. uh, Before we get into all that, though, of course, it's March Mania at Sports Interaction, guys. Uh, NHL, NBA, March Madness, MLB, and so much more. It is bananas. Uh, That's in the script. I will say this every time that it is in the script. I did not come with that. Uh, Play Pinata Picks and Minute Madness, exclusive games with insane odds you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario, or use the QR code at the bottom of the screen, uh, or you can always head to sportsinteraction.com/sdpn to get started. Nineteen plus. Please play responsibly. If you have any, you need issues. the Adam
1: Wild excitement when you say I that. I know,
0: I know. I don't. I just don't have it. I don't. I don't have his charm. I'm not pissing hundies like he is. But <laughs> but uh, but. Anyways, uh, you know what? Let's let's just start off. You know the vibes today in Winnipeg. We're very good. Obviously, uh, coming into this game, the past two games have been uh, a bit of a a bit of a a shakeup for the Jets. They they won and they scored goals. Uh, So top six scored goals. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so things were were feeling good. The energy was high in the city all, all today, even though despite the snowstorm we faced. Um, And then we enter this game on a on a fantastic night. Of course, the Winnipeg Jets had their pride night tonight. You can see Alyssa's rock in the hat. Um, Just in general, fantastic to see everyone on the Jets, uh, you know, contribute, not contributing, but participating. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy and proud as a Jets fan that I didn't have to go point my finger and wag my finger at someone and, you know, do all that stuff. Um, and also just in general, coming to this game, like, you know, you want the team all on the same page. Um, at least that's the way I also look at it too. You know, uh, I just, I, I didn't want anything to take away from this game, uh, and, and make, you know, something is such a, uh, a wonderful, uh, inclusivity night, uh, <laughs> and put the spotlight on one or two people who felt like it was, uh, it was their duty to stick up for whatever they believe in or anything like that. Um, I love your hat by the way.
1: Thank you. I bought it uh, when I was at a game a couple days ago, and I'm definitely going to scoop up some more merch with the stuff that they released earlier this week. But yeah, 100% agreed uh, with everything you said there. Love the jerseys. Thought they were super cute. I will say um, the whole practice jersey vibe that I feel like a lot of the Jets specialty jerseys have not my thing so much i'd love to see some more action on the shoulders and move away from like the plain white background and whatnot but all that's to say that's just me being picky but like you said super nice to see the buy-in from the players i really liked a lot of the quotes that i heard just about the importance of um you know participating in evenings that help underrepresented communities feel more welcome in your hockey arena and everyone seemed to be on the same page with that and it was nice to see um the known leaders in the room obviously you never know um who the exact players are that control things that go on in there. But the guys with the letters in their jerseys are pretty outspoken about their support for this. And same thing with Rick bonus. So it was really fantastic to see. And um, obviously the one jets having an L tonight, it is what it is. But like you said, nothing took away from the importance of that pride night. Saw a lot of really happy fans, a lot of great stuff going on there. So can't wait to see those jerseys get auctioned off in June and then see how much money we could raise in support of some really good causes.
0: Absolutely. And uh, I, I completely agree. Uh, moving on to the game itself, uh, Alyssa. What? How did you feel during this game? Uh, did Did you feel like the Jets weren't 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 you know giving it their all? Do you, did you feel like uh, you know they they played well? They just got goalied. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game, just kind of as a whole? And then we'll we'll dive into it and you know pick it all apart.
1: Yeah, as a whole, I had a lot of different thoughts throughout the course of the evening, but one thing that I feel like was kind of a continuous narrative for me, other than kind of the elephants in the room, like you said, about getting goalied or um, Noah brings up a good point in the, in the chat, a comment from Schmidt about how they didn't really get enough time to gel as a five on five unit because of how much special team play there was and whatnot. But one thing I noticed is that in the last couple of games, The Winnipeg Jets top six has really started to come alive a little bit more on the score sheet, which has been something we've all been really looking for and wanting. Um, But tonight, I feel like they got a little bit sucked into this, if you want to call it playoff-esque style of hockey of Mm -hmm. the aggression and then the, you know, just the very, very physical game with a lot of after the whistle bits and all that stuff. And I feel like it took away from their ability to create and whatnot. I think they got a little bit wrapped up in that that got a little bit into their heads and whatnot. And that was just kind of a continuous theme I saw throughout the game. Obviously, you're going to get into these more physical games like this was basically a playoff game tonight. Right. And everyone's already said that. So obviously, things were going to be a little bit different. And It was the same thing with Calgary. Their top six players weren't producing as much as they probably wanted them to either and whatnot. But I felt like part of that was the reason that the Winnipeg Jets didn't play so well is because I think they were relying a little bit too much on we need to deploy the Adam Lowry line to get some physicality or to do some defending as opposed to firing at all cylinders and sending out the guys that know how to score.
0: I I could not agree with you more. Uh, obviously, if, when you look at the the time on ices, uh, you know, for this game, it's going to be a little bit wacky just because of how much uh, special teams there was tonight. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it just felt like the Jets were playing not, they they weren't playing to win but they were rather they were tra- they were playing to not lose uh, okay so- hold on I
1: gotta I gotta interrupt you <laughs> I'm up? losing my mind at this comment <laughs> okay, so I guess I was talking to the media right oh. now no so it's it, so Noah says um they're talking about the Markstrom thing and he's like you didn't didn't appreciate getting punched in the head or whatever but I guess a media member asked Dubois, was there a water bottle squirt in there feel <laughs> says. I didn't care about that. It's water. I drink it. I shower in it like everyone.
0: <laughs> I just didn't like getting punched in the back of the head. That's not, and not that's a poet. and that's a fair I shower and that's a fair yeah. criticism from him. To be honest with you, uh, I think I think we'll, we will touch on officiating later. Uh, not that it was. I I don't think that that played a huge role tonight. I, I genuinely like you know at a general point. I think they they've got most of it right except for near the end. But we'll talk about that after later.
1: So go Um, on with your thoughts
0: (laughs) before you rudely enter. And I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, No, like it it just, it just felt like the jets, you know, the jets went up one goal and then immediately they were just trying to, to, it's felt like they were just trying to win a one, nothing game. And it's the NHL. Like that's not going to fly. And in a game like this, where, uh, you know, Offense is rolling on both sides so much. There's so many power play opportunities uh going for both teams. Clearly the, the, the refs weren't keeping the whistles in their pockets. It was uh it was just frustrating to see how often uh at five v five, like the, the Kevin Stenlin line was going out, the Lowry line. And what I thought you were you were making a joke at was Dave Smith in the in the chat here saying penalties aside, when Lowry and Appleton play eighteen uh eighteen and fifteen minutes each, you're probably gonna lose. You know what? That's that's a pretty fair take. Even I though- don't think
1: Dave Smith has ever missed. I feel no. like Dave Smith has never had a <laughs> bad take. Shout out, Dave!
0: Shout out, Dave! Uh, always in the chat here. We appreciate our our regulars. Um, and and yeah, so like, it, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Like this game just felt so frustrating. Uh, in in the sense of, um, constantly, it just felt like the Jets were just trying to, uh, reduce harm rather than then you know pounce on on the open space that they were given the jets team like this is just a different jets team than they were at the start of the season like they have lost their killer instinct the team at the start of the season when they were given space when they smelled blood in the water they were they they pounced the that's when they were able to to fill the net up and that's kind of what led to them getting a little bit uh you know gold drunk as i'll call it Um and thinking that you know they can just create goals by doing everything with the whole snake charmer offense, but that's neither here nor there. But this team just feels like I I just I I I don't understand why they can look at this game, um especially with how it was going back and forth. Like this was a very even game, I would say, um and yet the Jets just tried to reduce uh reduce what could what the what the what the flames could do like how many times was was Kevin Stenlin out there for Vlad Nemesnikov uh taking draws in the defensive zone or even even that like just that the the Nemesnikov Wheeler and Ealer's line getting passed up in the defensive zone because Rick Bonus was more concerned about winning faceoffs than winning the hockey game like i i don't know i it, it's just it is frustrating cuz it's i I look at this game and this I still you know especially in the context of the past few games uh and how the Jets have kind of shown that they can get back return to a somewhat you know return to form somewhat um despite that you know we I I don't know I just don't know I don't I don't know even know what to say here to be honest with you
1: no I know what you mean and it's the kind of thing where I've just never understood okay I sometimes If you're here a lot, you probably hear me say the same things a lot. But it's like, you know what? 82 games of watching the same team, you do see the same things over and over again. And this applies to literally every single hockey team. And the first time I heard it was when I was doing cases with school. And one of my faculty advisors said this to me. And I was like, this is so interesting. And he's like, he wouldn't like it when he'd come to my practices to watch my team. And we would completely overcorrect the thing that we were really, really bad at. And it would take away from the things that we were really good at. He's like, I get it. You want to fix your issues and that's fine. He's like, but you have to take what you're really great at and make that your competitive advantage. You have to take what you're good at and make it great and take what you're bad at and just make it good. You don't need to overcorrect and make that the best thing about you. The Jets are bad at face-offs. You don't need to completely scrap all of your five-on-five offense to become good at face-offs. I I feel like there's a little bit of overcorrection on what they think they need to do to win as opposed to looking at why they're actually not a terrible hockey team? What makes them good as they are right now? And really honing in on that and letting that be the reason that they are able to compete.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I, I love what you what you said about the whole competitive advantage and and not taking away from a strength to fix a weakness. Um, like I, I don't know, and, and there's there's just certain lineup decisions that like I look at this at this game and I go, is that what I personally would have done in this situation? An example is there's five minutes left in the game, and uh, Adam Lowry and Adam Lowry, uh, Mason Appleton, and um, and you know, Nino uh are out as the line to try and like get the Jets within two in the offensive zone on an offensive zone start. Like it just it just doesn't make sense to me, especially regarding like. Going back to the whole Kevin Stenlund thing, taking shifts from Vladimir Mesnikov just so that he can get a face off, and then he takes like an extra, you know, twenty seconds uh, of like a forty second shift uh, before Vladimir Mesnikov can get on. And the whole point of putting Vladimir Mesnikov in that top six is because he can he uh, elevates the players that are around him. He helps Blake Wheeler find more space. He helps Nick Ealer. He gives Nick Ealer an option to you know, like there's no one else. Who, who seems like they're having more fun playing hockey together than Vlad Nemeskov and Nick Ehlers. And it's just so frustrating that, um, especially in a game where, you know, you've only got one goal, that you're putting on a fourth-line player for a specialty thing, which is just taking a draw, instead of trying to run the score up. Like... The Jets should have known that that this was going to happen. That the Jets should have known that if they were going to get into a pickle, they know themselves. Rick Bonus should know that as soon as the Jets get one or two goals scored against them, it, it, they certainly don't play up to to that and and get better. They they usually end up folding after that. And and I wouldn't say they folded tonight, but You know, it just didn't seem like they they ever I I wasn't I don't know about you, but I personally didn't think that there was ever going to be a time where they were going to tie it up. Um, No, like despite the offense they were creating, you know, there were times like Josh Morrissey banging and crashing this and that. And, and, you know, I was hopeful, but it just didn't it just didn't feel like the Jets like I I could tell that the Jets were not going to win this game. And I'm sure you could, too.
1: No, for sure, and like if I was a Flames fan in that situation watching that third period once they went up 2-1, maybe a little bit at the beginning, I wasn't worried that the Jets were going to catch up. They didn't give me that, you know, yeah, there was some of that whatever, anger and this, that, whatever, but what you need to do there is score a goal, and never was I once convinced that this team was going to score a goal.
0: For sure. Um, so just in general, maybe I, I we m- kind of might have covered this. Where do you think things went wrong for the jets here tonight, just in, to, to briefly summarize. Cause I think we kind of jumped around word here, this thing, that thing, what would you say? The three, if you, if you could pick three things that, that three. the jets okay. that, that caused the jets to lose tonight, uh, I would love to hear what your, what your thoughts are.
1: Well, if, we want to do a little bit of a SWOT analysis thing and look at some external and internal here. Externally, you got a point of Jacob Markstrom, right? Like I think it's worth mentioning, especially considering the fact that this is Jacob Markstrom. This isn't Elias Sorokin or Linus Allmark out here, right? Like this is a player who's had a weak season um, to be quite frank. Right. So, uh, and also playing on a back-to-back like this entire team is. Um, So he, obviously you can always, you always want to expect that a goalie is going to stand on their head and you need to be able to beat them regardless. But he played well tonight, and anytime you play against a team that's playing well, uh, pardon me, a goaltender who's playing well, you know, it. there's not much to say there, but it, it's worth mentioning. So he'd be one of the factors that I'd contribute to the Jets' loss tonight, right? I think he was pretty good. Um, special teams failed them again. Um, I think the power play, um, and we've been talking about this, right? Like, when you get into the playoffs, you need a good goaltender. You need good special teams because we know that while the refs do put their whistles away a little bit more in the playoffs um you know you need to be able to capitalize on the advantages that are handed to you and they certainly did not tonight especially I think Pierre to himself drew about three penalties or something like that tonight right we know that the Winnipeg Jets spent a lot of time at five on four and only being able to capitalize on the single one which I was really happy about that was a nice goal by Kyle Connor it was a good pass but it was a perfect shot um Jacob Markstrom was in decent positioning on that one but it was a good Kyle Connor laser um now we've been missing for a while. So uh special teams not being able to um capitalize as much as you needed them to. That is what I put them at reason number two. Um and then beyond that, I would also say deployment of lines and like generate just overall generation and deployment at, at five on five. Uh too much third line, not enough time. Top lines and not enough top lines when they're out there actually doing something and creating enough uh, high danger chances um, in front, particularly the top line. So maybe that's a little bit more than three things. And that's kind of a general, I feel like that sums up most of my thoughts on that game.
0: Yeah. I, for me, the, the, my three things definitely have to do with, uh, I, I do think that Jacob Markstrom played a very good game. Um, I will, I, I think that we should give him that credit. I think the Jets did create a lot of chances. Um, but it just felt like he kind of, uh, kept, uh, the, you know, the, the flames in it for, for parts where they needed that, um, as well as, you know, other issues. Uh, I would secondly agree with you in regards to usage and deployment. Uh, it was a little bit frustrating, um, on uh you know as we spoke already about you know just seeing Lowry go- line going Lowry's line going out ab- above Ealer's line for example um but another thing that I like th- but in- included in that is the power play uh on a night where you get six power plays you know obviously it's not you can't complain too too much i mean i I guess we can that's what we do on the show um you would hope to get more than just one power play goal and I think that the usage, my usage comment also applies to the power play. At this point in the season, the Jets need their power play to be scoring as much as possible. And they have found a combination of five players that have been working on this power play. Nick Ehlers, uh, Josh Morrissey, Kyle Connor, uh, Mark Shifley, and Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like that is the top unit. And that's what it always should have been. Thank yeah. God we have finally found it. Now the next the next thing on the docket to improve it is to let them play more than a minute every single time. We have there is no reason why we should have equal time between those five players, which are very easily, very obviously the top offensive players for the Jets, and then having Adam Lowry, you know, Vlad Nemeskov, Blake Wheeler, other guys going out onto the ice who don't get me wrong, they're no slouches, you know, they can score goals here and there. But the Jets need their offense clicking as much as possible. And we have seen the chemistry develop on that that first unit finally. Uh, I just want to see them play more. Like I, I I don't understand why they need to constantly be um, you know, just doing the 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 you know 50-50 shifts. Um, another small thing just to quickly You know, complain about the power play is they need to stop letting Mark Shifley try to carry the puck in. He can't do it. He can't do it. He keeps bobbling the puck every single time. Give it to Nick Ehlers. That's literally what he's there for. Um, No, seriously. And then my my third thing is is effort, I want to say. Like I I I feel like aghast. The Jets just didn't have it. One team played last night in Chicago and traveled through a snowstorm to get to Winnipeg to play tonight and the other team played on Sunday sat on their asses on Monday and sat on their asses on Tuesday and got their ass uh to the rink today I'm I'm sure they practiced I'm I'm just for, you know, I'm just saying things. Um, No,
1: I get you. I get you. It's a very different situation.
0: And this is an issue we've had for the Jets, like, all the time, whether it's the first game back from a road trip, whether it's, oh, we had too much time to rest, oh, we didn't have enough time to rest. It's Things are never perfect for the Jets, uh, and I don't think that they're necessarily making excuses, but it is certainly frustrating uh, when there's always a reason why, you know, and I'm not saying that they're gonna come out and say we had too much rest today, but it is frustrating at least to uh to you know, to see a team that is fighting for their playoff lives in a game where this again, this game could have completely, completely stomped the flames out of playoff contention, uh, and basically almost made it pretty much a hundred percent. It would have been let me see here, I had it up here a moment ago. Oh, ninety no. six
1: percent, ninety five and a half. It was is what it was.
0: And yeah, and if then, they had won. And, And if, and if the flames would have lost in regulation, their, their, their odds or their odds to make the playoffs would have dropped to 1%,
1: 1%, 1%.
0: (laughs) Now, now here's the thing. The rest of the rest of the schedule is much, much more important. Now the jets have games against, uh, Nashville who are, who are also fighting for their playoff lives right now, who I, I don't personally, I don't think that they will make it. Um, but regardless, they are going to play hard because they, you know, they're still, they're still in the race. They play San Jose, which uh, is apparently your kryptonite. So better, better figure out how to score on James Reimer. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, they play Minnesota. Who I don't have the Jets played any good games against Minnesota this year. Have they won any? Have they ever against- played any
1: min- good games against Minnesota since 2018?
0: I don't know. I I couldn't tell you. I'll be honest. Where's
1: Marcus Foligno? Where's- get him out here.
0: <laughs> uh, and then they play Colorado, who is also like again. And those two last teams are teams that are not going to be sitting, guys. They are fighting to oh. to get top in the Central so that they can play either the Jets or the, the Jets. Kraken. <laughs> Uh, so, so this, like there, there's, there's no easy games remaining for the Jets and the flames have a bit Mm -hmm. of an easier schedule. I can't remember exactly who it is. I think they play Vancouver.
1: There's an Anaheim in there. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Yeah.
0: Regardless, regardless, the door is open and you could have slammed it shut. And that is very, very frustrating as a Jets fan who, uh, you know, we put so much time and effort into watching this team and cheering for them uh and right when right when you you're starting to think things are coming back together oh maybe they could go on a little you know things are starting to click right now if they can you know they beat the devils uh an actually good team you know if they can beat the flames if they you know they could start getting some momentum and carry that into the playoffs and then who knows you win a series you never know uh but i think tonight more or less just certifies to me that even if they do make playoffs it's it's one and done um but that's just my opinion uh, anyways, I've I've gone on long enough, but the point is uh, on a night where you are rested, you're three days rested against a, a team on a back to back, you gotta you gotta make hay. And uh and now and now it's up to the Jets. It really is. It's really up to the Jets for the rest of their season,
1: uh oh, wow.
0: their four remaining games to 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 certify that they are gonna be in the playoffs. But anyways. Uh, anyways, that's, that's a, a whole spiel. I just, I, I needed to get that out. Um,
1: you, you warned me you were going to go on a rant at some point. You I did. probably
0: was. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I want to know what you think you thought about, uh, both Pierre-Luc Dubois tonight. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the scrums. We'll talk about the, let's start with the hit. Did you, did you, did you see that? I know, I know you, you had a, a, a slow start to the game. Um, I
1: did. I was in a meeting, um, and but I had the game on. Um, I'm in this like hotel room, this like half hotel room. There's a TV like right above my head right now. So sitting here in this meeting and I was watching, and obviously when that happened, I was like, okay, I gotta figure out what's going on. Um, so I wasn't watching this part of the game super closely, but obviously I saw all the replays of the hit. Um I feel as though my opinions on whether or not a hit is clean or not are not always the most educated. So I usually choose not to overly comment on them it's probably not the greatest hit also knowing that player it's probably not the most well-intended hit either um he's my special little guy of course but we know where his flaws are and he when he does things you know they're not always done out of love um so the hit itself um if, if you want to demon aboard, give him two minutes i i'm okay with that based on what i saw from it um but can i talk about what came afterwards the booing okay i want to talk oh. about the booing okay. oh my god how so, can i even oh my god <laughs> we need to <laughs> talk about the booing of this and noah brought up a good comment earlier he um was as always my king noah lafort um was feeding me um comments from the post game presser and and nate schmidt says you know if the crowd continues to do what they did tonight i have a feeling we're going to win some more games or something like that along those lines and I want to talk about booing Rasmus Anderson. Okay. So just the general gist of it, picking a player and booing them is my favorite thing in hockey. I think <laughs> booing is so fun. I love booing. My friends and I were talking earlier today. And it's like, can you imagine how full of hate the very first person to watch some form of performance and go boo. <laughs> that's <all it> was. <laughs> but that's besides the point. Um, so I love booing. I think it's so funny and it's great when everyone's into it. Cause it gets really exciting, but honestly, is it bad to say that I feel like it was a little justified? Obviously, Kate. Okay, so oh, I, I, I made this tweet where I was like, hey, this is a saddle dome and Brennan Dillon goes into the boards a hit. Doesn't matter if it's clean, not clean, whatever. And you're fired up. This game is important to you. It's like, you know what? Let's boo the guy. It's funny. This man, Rasmus Anderson, I thought was dead. They spent like 15 minutes getting him off the ice and he played the next shift. I don't think I fully understand that when that happens. I remember as a kid in ringette, if you would get like the wind knocked out of you or something, sometimes you'd be down looking like you're dead for a few minutes or a few, whatever. And then you'd be up. And then once you get it back, you're good to play again right away. But like when you actually get hurt, you don't play right away. So why did it take him so long to get up off the ice? I think a lot of fans were frustrated by that. When you make this big spectacle out of it and up you are playing the next shift. Maybe I'm just being judgmental because I love Pierre people Dubois and I wanted the Jets to win that game. Maybe I'm bitter. Who knows? I love booing. I think it was funny.
0: Oh, I thought it was hilarious. And and you know what? I I think that this team feeds off of uh off of the crowd very like you know the the Jets have a have one of the smallest barns in the league. Obviously, not Arizona level, but uh, but I think but can that you that-
1: imagine feeding off of that crowd if it was exciting come on
0: exactly um but regardless like things are like the the clc likes to get real loud and uh actually noah noah gave us a little quote here from schmidt um if the crowd is like that over the next two games at home i got a good feeling about our team game uh i i do think that the jets genuinely do feed off of it but i think tonight they got a little bit too excited uh, and went a little bit off the deep end with kind of getting a little too uh, you know, interested in the extracurricular stuff. Uh, as far as the hit goes, sorry, before I get there. Uh, as far as the booing goes, hilarious. it', it, it so it, funny. it rem- it remind it it gave me flashbacks to uh, Jets Nashville when every single time PK Subban would touch the puck. Everyone would just give it to him, just boo. And and you know, the Jets, you know, the Jets, you know, Jets fans used to do this a lot more. Like I remember games were like oh like in 2013, maybe.
1: Silver metal. That's one of my <laughs> oh, favorites. <yeah. laughs>
0: I forgot about that one too. That's a classic. Um the uh I I, I have a distinct memory of everyone booing like Joe Thornton when Joe Thornton was still uh you know able to walk and skate and play hockey well uh when he was with the sharks but i like i just i feel like the jets used jets fans used to do this a lot more when when you know the team was a little bit younger uh in the market uh teams you know the, the fans would come and just boo whoever the best player was like i remember everyone booing crosby having conversations being like oh should they be booing you know the best players on the other team and i'm like it's funny it's funny funny." and like
1: oilers fans get so mad when Connor mcdavid gets booed they're like really guys like bro no it's hilarious yeah you gotta respect him you know he's he's
0: he's one of the best players he's the best player in the world and you you have to respect him you know
1: i'm gonna boo him louder Uh, i
0: do respect him it's just funny so (laughs) you know (laughs)
1: respectfully um, respect a bit come
0: on exactly uh go, coming back to the hit though uh i saw people going saying that it was a weak call uh from my my expertise in refing, uh i i used i used to rough minor hockey i was a level three though <laughs> not a you lot still of people ref, don't you uh i kind of stopped but i okay. i was doing beer league for a long time but anyways so true um that that is a board like unfortunately that is okay. a boarding that is yeah, a boarding okay. call um what I think happened though I I think that it was it wasn't weak in the sense of um the call because it, it was a board it was weak on the on Anderson's behalf and this is why I think the booing was uh was warranted because what you'll see is that Anderson coming into the before you know PLD throws that that hit, he stops up to kind of get in PLD's way. Uh and it's it almost looks like he just wasn't expecting the amount of contact that he got. He if you see him like he looks like he's just about to like casually tie him up and they're going to do the thing where they both slow down and go into the boards together. PLD goes, "No, I'm 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 stronger than you and I'm I'm going to f- hit you." Uh and I, he just wasn't ready for it. But regardless, you can't make a hit like that at that specific point on the ice and it is a boarding in my opinion. So uh, I think they got the call right there. Um, speaking of, uh, <laughs> do you want to talk more about Dubois and like that top line or do you want to talk uh, officiating? Yeah, I feel like those are I the want two to talk
1: officiating first. I think we'll kind of bleed into that conversation. I do just want to address, sorry, I'm not wearing my glasses, Vogue on poetry and <laughs> the chat is not a- in agreement with us. Uh doesn't like, you know, booming someone who's inches away from getting hurt. And I understand that. I feel he like wasn't. though- he Everything hurt, in though. hockey is a game of inches, right? Like inches from goals, inches from this thought, whatever. If he was hurt, it would have been a different story, but he wasn't. Yeah. Like, I think that's the whole thing is I don't think the Jets fans would have booed a goal well, because he, he would have not been on the ice. Like, whatever. I guess that's kind of a different story. But I feel like you don't you don't boo someone who gets hurt this thought, whatever. But the player was very clearly fine. And they chose something and they ran with it. I think that's okay. Like there are a lot of and you know, you use the word audacity of, of people to do things. Hockey fans have audacity. That's what they'll do is if there's any time where it's like the audacity to do this. Yeah, they have it. Um, So I, I understand the frustration and maybe I'm saying this, but like I Neil Pionk, I believe it was gets booed horrendously when he goes to Edmonton and for, you know, and certain Toronto, reasons, I, I Toronto it. too. It's Oh yeah. Toronto, obviously. <laughs> and that one, again, it's it's not the same thing, but like booing him. He was also interested. Well, no, he did get hurt in that game against Toronto. He needs Sandy. And that was the thing. Uh, And then Spetsa came in and and came for him. This at whatever, and they booed Pionka. I. He hurt their player, he got hurt by their own player. Boo the guy. Who I, cares? Boo I, the guy. I,
0: I think I think it comes back to the fact that he came back onto the ice immediately and was playing yeah. on the power play that he drew. That's that's the key point. If he was just hurt and he comes back out, you know, in the second period and he's like now he's fine, like that's that's another thing. I don't I don't think you get booing that way. I think that there's a lot of time to process that. It's the issue of you draw a big call immediately, you know, it's it's a whole thing. You get one of your best players off the ice. Everyone's pissed off in general just because a penalty was called. That's just the nature of fandom. Uh, and and then immediately the guy is on the power play trying to score on you. So yeah. I, I think that that was the, the case for that. And uh,
1: you can always, there are always moments where you could get hurt in hockey. It's not the safest mm-hmm. sport in the world. So... He's good, all is well. Um, you know, if I ever get mad at a player, I- I'm gonna boo my own goddamn team. I love booing; it's so fun. But we we can move on from that. I liked it, and I liked that it persisted throughout the game. I think it helped with the atmosphere a mm-hmm. little bit, especially when things um were in more lulling of times. But talking about the officiating a little bit more, I want to talk super quickly about um the callback goal. Um, right call. Perfect. That to me was goaltender interference, especially the way Hellbuck spun in the direction mm-hmm. that um. Was it Richie that pushed him and whatnot? Good call. Why did it take so long? I yeah. this game, I don't even know because that one, I it was one of those will they, won't they type of things because I honestly thought that it wasn't going to get called back because of how long they were taking to overturn it. I understand that it takes longer to overturn the call that was made on the ice, but that was a long time for what looked like a pretty clear cut goaltender interference call.
0: Yeah, that was very, very odd uh, for how long it took. I think may- my guess would be uh, is, one, determining for sure that, like, the initial contact uh, that spun Hellebuck was in the crease because it was kind the first one where his stick hit hits the pad. It's right near the edge. And then after his foot hits. In my opinion, it was clear cut that, you know, it was, uh, you know, he spun him around. Uh, but maybe they were also checking to see if, Like if the shot was going to go in regardless, or I don't know. I have no idea. And I I think we were chatting in the game over chat, just saying, uh, (laughs) saying to everyone there being like, I have no idea if this is going to count purely on the basis of it is taking so long. And it's like, literally what's with the
1: NHL. You never know who was it. There was someone, I don't know if it was in game over one of my other chats. I think it might've been the game over chat where it was like, well, it shouldn't count. So it probably will.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, and, and on the topic of officiating just in general, I thought the the, the refs actually did pretty well for the majority of the game. My frustration comes in the third period when, uh, things are starting to get a little bit out of hand. There were just a couple times where like, uh, and this was actually like pretty much right before the Flames scored their second goal. Um, where, uh, Nazem Kadri was just like cross-checking PLD like 8,000 times. And listen, I know that PLD brings it upon himself and he draws a lot of calls, which is great. Uh but I think that at that point the refs were just like, you know, we're we're going to try and calm this down, but then it just kind of kept getting, you know, up in arms more and more. Um so I think that they could have done a little bit better to control the game there and you know, obviously I'm a I'm a Jets fan, so I will acknowledge that I am biased in this. I'm sure I they missed uh calls on uh, on the flames, but most of the calls otherwise were were really really good. Actually, like I, I thought that they did yeah. well to uh to to make the right calls. I really want to um highlight the call that they made during the middle of the scrum after the the flames scored their goal. Um the the ability that just the fact that they recognized that there were six flames on the ice, and this is really funny because. Um, back when I was a ref, uh, my dad and I ref together frequently, and we would always talk about how, um, after goals are scored, we would go to the bench and make sure that, you know, five guys didn't come onto the ice to celebrate with their five guys, because if something happens, if something breaks out, you can't have that. You can't have that many players on the ice. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course that never happened because it's minor hockey and this and that and fights don't happen after, you know, goals are scored very frequently. Um and at any level of hockey. Uh, but it was just very funny to see that happen today and I have never seen a too many men call on a scrum after a goal, but I don't think it, I have either. But it was it was it was great the way that they actually uh did that and I think that they made the right call in giving uh Pierre Dubois both a roughing and an unsportsmanlike and giving Mark Sherman an unsportsmanlike giving uh, Tanev a roughing and then giving them the extra penalty for having six guys on the ice like I, I, that was like perfect I, I, I very rarely do we get to praise the refs doing their job correctly so I want to take this opportunity to be like they actually got th- that one right um, but of course the Jets unfortunately couldn't uh, do anything to help that
1: yeah, I mean, it's the kind of game where, <clears throat> especially, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'll put the whistles away, this or whatever, but a couple of those early calls were like high stakes and trips, and you literally can't not call those, right? Like, to me, when it's like putting the whistles away, letting the guys play or whatever, that's more on the roughing, the cross-checking, the interference even, whatever, it's those types of calls, but I feel like a lot of those plays early on were just like Or even throughout the course of the game the most of the minor penalties that were called were those very obvious you have to call them on both sides um so yeah i i had no issue with the officiating tonight except for the length that it took to overturn that goal
0: i i agree (laughs)
1: um
0: i okay so
1: oh wait before we move on from the officiating um so yeah that scrum you're right that was a good call like again Type of thing that that was a good management that situation because you're right like you can't do that. Um, But Noah brought up the comments earlier and um, the the Markstrom thing. So I Markstrom's a little bit of a shit, right? Like he is. This isn't the first time that he's ever gotten a little bit more involved. Like all goalies will from time to time, but it, mm-hmm. not that he's Jordan Binnington level. But he'll get into scrums every now and then, right? Like that's kind of a thing that he does.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah. So okay. Audie's Audie's in the chat. Maybe he can let us know. Uh, I hope yeah, and sure. Audie agrees
1: that it was a well officiated game, right? So, yeah, okay. like that play, that sequence was so funny. Pierre Luc Dubois just cracks me up because that man, everyone hates him, and I get it. I would hate him too, but just slamming in the back of the head. I was like, honestly, I kind of get it, and I just love that Pierre Luc Dubois didn't care about the water thing because who cares about the water thing? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, you 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 could have given Markstrom one before <laughs> for for doing that uh, for the the whole you know shoving down the head. Uh, You could have given March 1 in the third period when he uh, punched with his blocker uh, on Josh Morrissey, which is usually more than just a minor penalty, but I think it might have to do also with where you strike the opponent. I think Morrissey just got it in the chest, so it didn't really, it wasn't a big deal. Uh, But I know that some some refs and and in the rules, if you do swing with a blocker, it can be uh, more than just a two-minute minor. But regardless, uh, I I don't think that that would have changed anything, and I'm not going to, you know, plant my flag in the sand say that the refs are, you know, anything like that. No, I thought that they did overall pretty well. Um... All right. I, I, I want to end this off. Uh, You know, I, I'll i let you, if you have any topics that you'd like to bring up, any questions uh to bring up, both you, Liz, and also the chat, let us know.
1: Yeah, the chat's been having fun tonight. Thanks so much for being here, guys. If yeah. you want to like the stream, that'd be great. And Please also do. you'll see that we got Audie with the little wrench beside him in the chat. Audi hosted Game Over Calgary with Rachel Dory tonight, which was definitely a fantastic show. I can already tell. I uh, wasn't able to catch it for obvious reasons, but I will be listening back tomorrow and make sure you guys check them out as well, because they'll have a different perspective, probably some different opinions on the Pierre-Luc Dubois hit and the booing of Rasmus Anderson, but that's okay. Um, But I'm definitely going to listen back to that one tomorrow and see what they have to say. And um, Adi, you may have seen mentioned in the chat, he's asking where my Flames hat is. Um, We had a little bit of a wager going on that anyone who loses this game has to wear some of the other teams merch on the next stream. So unfortunately, on Saturday on the Nashville game, you will catch me wearing some calgary flames merch. which i don't actually dislike the calgary flames as much as a lot of jets fans do i think it's because most of my hatred is pent up in my edmonton toronto st louis hatred area um but right now i hate the calgary flames more than i hate anything in the world so that's going to be very painful on saturday so make sure you check out that stream it's gonna be a lot of fun um yeah brady what are your final thoughts on this and then we can wrap it up
0: um I'm not sure there. I just have random little thoughts that I wanted to say at some point, but I don't think I really got to fit them in. I wanted to give Brendan Dillon a little bit of shit tonight. I thought he had not a great game. Uh, I think that he, he was one of the reasons why the jets ended up giving up that, uh, that two on one goal. Uh, he was the defenseman who was back on it. Obviously it's a two on one. You could, you uh, very clearly, there is another defenseman who is not there. So, uh, you can put some blame on that guy but uh on that goal specifically uh he ends up playing he he does what is correct which is you are at, on a 2 on 1 generally you're supposed to take the pass and allow give you you know if you're confident in your goalie allow him to face the single person on the shot uh and then you know usually there's a little technique it's like it's called the banana technique where you kind of start with taking the pass away and then after you can kind of at the end go towards to try and affect the shot if they do end up taking the shot but uh what Brendan Dillon did here that frustrated me so much was that he takes his man and then as he's backing up he just kind of allows space to be created between the two of them uh which then gives Mangiapane the chance, the opportunity to take that shot and score um so that at least was just a little bit of frustration he took a bad penalty also just a, a really undisciplined trip penalty in the I think it was second or third when when the Jets were really trying to push for some offense uh and kind of or no it was in the third it was it was like halfway through the third and uh when the Jets are know, trying to chase us. some offense and it's just it's just a little frustrating so uh I I always need to add in my little my little jabs at certain players who I didn't think played that greatest uh, I didn't think Kyle Connor had the greatest game I didn't think that uh Blake Wheeler had the greatest game uh, I don't think that Nick Ehlers had the greatest game either but I also think that his usage was poor and didn't really get the chance to uh play and really get uh the reps in which i think that you need as a top player in my opinion but anyways i think
1: mason appleton wasn't great but it's not his fault that he played 16 minutes so yeah yeah um tbk plays mentions uh sorry if this is already talked about but uh they wanted to ask uh do you think the jets can control emotions going forward um and make sure they can still get in i think that's kind of the where we want to wrap it up is that Brady mentioned this earlier, but I think it's a good kind of concluding thought is that this is entirely in their hands. Tonight was in their hands because like you said, this was their opportunity to slam the door, but they're playing against a team that has never had anything more to prove than they do right now. So it makes things a little bit more difficult. Also coming off of an embarrassing loss, no offense or anything like that, but it is the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, So obviously there's a lot of fire in their bellies as well tonight, but the Winnipeg Jets have to entirely keep themselves in check over the next four games and really bring themselves in, you know, rely on the crowd and not get too emotional and play to their strengths because that's, what's going to help them win the next couple of games and secure that spot. And um, yeah, it's a coin flip at this point. We know it, um, but a lot can change between now and Saturday when the jets play their next game with how the out of town scoreboard looks. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens
0: for sure. Uh, Just to end it off as well too, 62.3% are the jets odds currently based on money puck. Um, Again, it is it is their spot to lose. Uh we'll see what happens in the coming games. I will be at the game on uh on Saturday. So uh I'll, I'll be enjoying that. You'll be here doing the stream. Make sure you guys tune in for that and catch Liss wearing embarrassingly wearing uh a Flames hat. Uh like the loser that <laughs> no I'm getting. <kidding. laughs> um but anyways, I we had a great turnout on the stream here tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm glad uh you know the Jets fandom is still going strong. Uh, as we enter some tumultuous times some very stressful times Uh, but it'll all be fun and we'll be here to uh, to help you guide you guys along the way to chat about this all Uh, we appreciate you guys hopping in chat if you guys are listening on the audio portion later join us in chat right after the game it's right after the game on sdpn's youtube Uh, we do appreciate you listening uh, wherever you are uh final things, uh follow at SDPN sports on Twitter. Uh follow lists at Liz hood, follow myself at NHL Chunky. Uh I don't know. Follow the jet I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Uh anyways, <laughs> la- la- yeah. f- final yeah. final words, Liz.
1: <laughs> um Pierre Dubois, score a damn goal. Um that those are my final words. We need some hey baby to fire this crowd up and yes. get your rolling. So Pierre yes. luc Bois. Score a damn goal and and
0: do it in front of me on on Saturday. Anyways,
1: do it in you, front of Brady on Saturday. Thank
0: you all for tuning in. Have yourselves a wonderful evening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your your long weekend. Happy Easter for those who celebrate. We will uh, we'll see you around. Thank you again for tuning in.
1: Game over. Powered by Sports Interaction Canada Sportsbook.